Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. I love the fact that our Father doesn't want some version of us to come to Him. He just wants us to come to Him as we are. So if you feel broken, if you feel lonely, if you feel... I don't have anything to give. I I don't have that much affection. I don't have that much devotion. Just pour it out because that's what he wants. He doesn't want some future version of you. He wants today's version of you because he loves you and he sees you and he's here for you. Father, I thank you for your presence. Lord, your word says in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy and Lord if anyone's feeling anything contrary to joy right now if they're feeling condemnation I just rebuke that off of their spirit in the name of Jesus if they're feeling anxiety I rebuke that off their spirit in the name of Jesus Lord let your overwhelming joy and peace and presence just consume us in this moment this holy moment and Lord I ask in the mighty name of Jesus, that as as we go from worship with song to worship through your word, that you speak to us. Lord, you're already ministering to us, but speak to us. And, and Lord, help me not to get in the way like I so often do, but help me to say what you want me to say. Let me be your arbiter, your mouthpiece. Lord, I need your anointing to be upon me. Because I'm so faulted. I'm so messed up. But Lord, you have a word today that you want to speak to your church. And I need you. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray and ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so good to see you guys. Good morning. I feel like it's honestly been since last year. You know it had to come. It was just, it's just a matter of time. It was it was just a bad joke that's going to come out of my mouth. You're welcome. We got it out of the way. Let's move forward. Um, today, we're going to launch into a series called Limitless. And this is a really cool thought. I want us to take for a moment and think about limitless, to take limits off of limits. Like, to, to take away limits. We, we have no limits. God has no limits. And um, what, what does that afford us? We have a limitless God, right? He, he, he gives limitless faith. He gives, he, he gives limitless grace. He has limitless power. And, and he wants to operate limitlessly through his church. And, and, and quite frankly, the church, you and I, are what limits God. We limit what he wants to do through us. And, and um, God wants to, our faith to go wild this year. God wants our, we, he wants us to swing for the fences in our prayer life. Like, but I don't want to be guilty of limiting God. And, and this week I was going to talk to you about limitless faith. And what's available to us 
with limitless faith. And, and Jesus, that was his number one rebuke. Like 10 plus times throughout the Gospels, he rebuked his followers about their faith, his disciples, those closest to him, because faith is, I mean, faith is everything to the Christian. We are saved by grace through faith. Like faith is everything to us. Faith in God and and God wants us to have limitless faith. But as I laid awake and knowing I had to get up at 4.45 on Friday, but I couldn't sleep because I had this thought in my head. Before we can operate in limitless faith and God's limitless power to experience his limitless grace, before any of that stuff, and we'll talk about that in this series, there's something we have got to do. There's something that we have got to do. And in true God fashion, he changed my message. And today, we're going to talk about (laughs) embrace the lonely place. Embrace the lonely place. In a world that is so consumed with having to be entertained or stimulated 24-7, we have lost sight of what the lonely place affords us. I'm so guilty of it, man. Like, I I have to have music going or I, I have to have something. We have to have white noise. There's always, like, how many of you guys have the news going just at your house all the time? You don't have to raise your hand. But it just, or, or you have something going and we forgot what the lonely place affords us. And, and I, I, I laid awake Thursday night saying, God, if there's one thing that you, like I have one shot, I have one message to launch this year with, what do you want to say? And he said, tell my church to embrace the lonely place. And I laid there. Awake and thinking in my mind, as soon as he said embrace the only place, my mind came alive. I had so many thoughts. And it kept coming alive. And, and so, guys, I, I want to give you where I feel our church is. C1 Church. So you're watching online. I'm glad that you're part of our online family. And I, I really do. I, I love you guys. But this is where our church is at. God closed a book. We are not just in a new chapter in our church's life. We are in a new volume. The book is closed where we were. And God is opening. And we have hundreds of pages in front of us that we need to write. That God is going to write through us. But we have this opportunity right now where we're at in the life and the history of this church. God closed a volume and now he's open. We are in the preface of this new volume. And the Lord's been pounding into my head for a month. I'm launching you with momentum, steward momentum. Because the enemy is going to try to stop the momentum that I'm launching you with. God has given us, the Church of the Living God, C1 Church, momentum to launch into this year and for the years to come. For him to write this new volume. What God wants to do through us, we have not seen. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Like, like I, I want you to understand what God is going to do through us. 
And <laughs> but we won't get to that if we don't learn to embrace the lonely place. What's behind us is not as great as what's in front of us. And get this, God has done so many miracles through this church. God has, has um, raised up leaders that have affected the kingdom. We have planted churches all over the world. We built churches all over the world. This church, and I'm not diminishing that, but what I'm saying is that book is closed. And God wants to do more now. So what we need to do is buckle up, throw our hands up like on a roller coaster and in praise, and let's just enjoy the ride and also in surrender. Because guess what? He doesn't need our opinion. With that said, none of that is possible without learning to embrace the lonely place. And I... I, you might be in a lonely place right now in your lock with God. You might feel so alone like no one gets it. You might be coming out of one, praise God, but you're going to go back into one. You might be saying, what's a lonely place? You might just, <laughs> you live long enough, you'll find out. But God wants to. God wants us to learn how to embrace the only place. And what we're going to do today is I'm going to take and book in Jesus' ministry with two lonely places. And then I'm going to read some scripture in between. And, and we're, we're going to look at this, what the lonely place affords us and how do we embrace it. That's, that's the question. And, and, and so let's just jump right into Luke chapter 4, 1 through 15. Then Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, there's no three. It's all right, I'll read it. You, you keep following me if you have it. So, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no. The scripture says, do not, uh, the people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And, and um, he says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and the authority over them, the devil said. Because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took Jesus, took him to Jerusalem, um, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his um, angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up. With their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. He's quoting Psalm 91. Then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say. Just FYI, side note, sidestep for a moment. Um, Jesus gave us a template of how to battle temptation. So if you're being tempted regularly, that's not a bad thing. That probably means you're close to Jesus. But if you're constantly falling into temptation, well, you're probably trying to stand up under it in your own strength. 
Jesus gave us a template of how to over, consistently overcome temptation. What did Jesus do? The Son of God do? The Scripture says. God says. He went back to the Word of God to overcome temptation in his life. Okay, let's step back right in. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. And then in Matthew 4.11, I want to I throw this in there. It says the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with with the Holy Spirit's power. So what did it say at the beginning in verse 1? It says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. That's what the, that's what the Word of God says. Full of the Holy Spirit led. But when he walked out of the wilderness, what does it say? Then Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit's power. There are some things you only get in the wilderness, in the lonely place. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He walked out filled with the Spirit's power. God wants to fill you with His power to do more for His kingdom than you can imagine. You might be saying, I'm just retired. God wants to fill you with his power to do more for his kingdom than you can imagine, but you only get that in the lonely place. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. And then I'm going I'm to read some scripture. And this is during his ministry. I want you to see this. This is Luke 5, 15 and 16. But now even more the report about him went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him. And he healed, uh, and to be healed of their, of their infirmities. And he healed all of them. But he withdrew to desolate places to pray. Matthew 14, 23. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself. Lonely place. Well into the night, he, he was there alone. He, he went by himself to pray, it says. Went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Luke 6, 12. During the, those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. Like, he's, all these times, he fed the multitudes. He spent all night in prayer before. He spent all night in prayer after. And then he walked on water. And then he came down from a mountain, cast out demons after he spent all night in prayer. He, he spent all night in prayer, then he called to the 12. He, 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 he tuned himself in. Uh, Mark 1, 35 through 37, I, I love this. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Verse 36, later Simon and others went out to find him. 37, when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. 38, but Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. Well, that, like, that doesn't answer their, their statement. And then we're going to read Matthew, and you have this, Matthew 26, 36 through 46. But 
He says, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove and called, called Gethsemane. And he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed his face to the ground praying. Here, here's, uh, man, I just want, I want to say this. Are we satisfied in our prayer life with just a prayer life? Sometimes I feel like we pray just to pray, but then we don't see anything. And that, that's not supposed to be normal to the Christian. We can't be satisfied in our prayer life until we see breakthrough. I love the fact that it says he went on a little further. Are you willing to go a little further in your prayer life? Are you willing To bow your face to the ground, it doesn't actually have to be the ground. I mean, God sees your heart. It's a posture. But I do believe that sometimes physical things reflect spiritual postures, and sometimes they don't. But I do believe spiritual realities are, are greater realities. And we are, when we are really postured, sometimes it, it really will affect our posture towards God physically. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Like, we think it was just like five minutes and Peter fell asleep. Like Jesus was gone for an hour praying. When's the last time we spent an hour in prayer? I, I can't answer that for you. Keep watch and pray so you will not fall, be, be, uh, give in to temptation. My spirit is willing, but the, for the spirit is willing, but the, but the body is weak. And it's so interesting. Jesus is about to be arrested. And he, what does he tell his disciples to pray for? Pray that you don't fall into temptation. Isn't that so interesting? Because he understands, like, Peter is so willing but Jesus, I'll never betray you. That's his spirit, but his flesh is like, I'm not going to get crucified. Peace out. Um, I never knew the man. 42, then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. He's reconciling his, his spirit to the will of the father when he returned to them, again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. I love the grace of God. I just love it. Because he sees what we need. Even in his trial, even in his darkest hour, he's saying, you need rest. Because I know what's about to happen to you. And you, you won't be able to handle it. But look, the time has come where the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going.
look, my betrayer is here. I feel so strongly about this, guys. This lonely place. I want to see God's power move through us. I want to see God's... I, I don't just want to see miracles. Like Sometimes we, we have this idea of what miracles look like and the power of God. And honestly, every time I see miracles, it's always like, honestly, kind of underwhelming. Like, he can't say that. Yeah, I can. Like, because honestly, like, I have this expectation of, like, it's going to be thunderclaps and all these things. And the power of God is going, I mean, going to split the sea. But when I, every time I seen someone healed, it was just like, Lord, heal them. And I, I didn't even feel anything. And then all of a sudden they're healed. And I was like, what just happened? And number one, it wasn't me healing him. It was God. But what I'm saying is so often we have this expectation of what God's power looks like at work in us. And a lot of times God works through the mundane to reveal his power. And so if we walk around with expectation of grand gestures of everything that God's going to move in his power, we're going to be really disappointed because God's saying, I, I, just, I can work in the mundane and reveal my power. If you really saw Jesus do some of the miracles that he did, like from outside perspective, you'd be kind of like, really? That's it? If you go back and just take your Christian glasses off and you just really read it for what it is, like the woman with the issue of blood, she crawled on the ground and touched him, and no one even knew it happened. He was just walking, and he stopped. He's like, whoa, what just happened? And the disciples like, everyone's touching you. They were even underwhelmed by it. But the woman who was affected by the power of God was overwhelmed by it. But what I'm getting at is, is God wants to do reveal his power through us. But it's probably not going to be in the way that we expect. But if we constantly go to these lonely places or embrace the lonely places, because lonely places can last for months, years. If we learn to embrace it, we're going to see the power of God in the mundane. We're going to see those conversations, and you're going to be leading someone to the Lord, and like, how did that happen? It was just a conversation. And, and I want to ask one question, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about how God, what the lonely place affords us. But how did Jesus embrace the lonely place? How did he embrace the lonely place? And there's three answers. Prayer, fasting, and communion. He prayed. He regularly fasted. I don't think it was a one-time thing for Jesus. And he had communion with his father. Now, I'm not talking he's drinking and eating crackers. and He might have, but... Communion, I'm talking like he, he had this relationship in the lonely place. He had, to, he had to turn off the noise. He had to turn off the TV of his time, which is probably his chattering disciples constantly saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom? You know, like he's like, shut up, guys. All right, I'm gonna, you stay here. I'm going to go be by myself. Um, he had to turn off all that to get alone with God. And I, I love the fact that 
that it says that he got up in the morning and he went to an isolated place and he prayed and, and Peter was like, where were you? We're all looking for you. And what he did, what, how did he respond? He's like, hey, I got to go over this town, this town, this town and preach the gospel because that's why I'm here. And he got to a lonely place to get direction. And, and we're wondering, like, some of us need to, we, we, what we're doing in the lonely place, we're complaining. God, why, 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 why am I here? This sucks. I don't like it. And we're more like the children of Israel than, than Caleb and Joshua. And I believe that, that, that God is going to raise up a generation of Caleb and Joshua and says, you know what, it might be bad out there, but God says we can take the land so we can take it on nothing but the word of God. And I think God wants to turn some of us into Caleb and Joshua when we can look at things and say, God said it so we can do it instead of saying, I don't know how we can do it. We're, we're out here in the we're out here in the wilderness. We're out here in the and and, and you can't help but be. You didn't put your. Some of us need to hear this right now, right now. You did not put yourself in the lonely place. You did not do anything wrong to be in that spot, but how we respond to it, we can't shorten it, but we can lengthen it with our attitude. And so what does the lonely place afford us? How did Jesus embrace it? He did it with prayer. He did it with fasting. He did it with communion. He, he used the lonely place to learn the heart of God. And, and so when we embrace the lonely place, these things will happen. These things. And there, there are six of them. I'm going to blaze through them. I, I really am. Like, oh, six points. Come on, Ryan. I haven't preached in a while, guys, since last year, honestly. Oh, come on. The first thing, God leads in lonely places. God leads in lonely places. He leads. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He led him, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, led him. And while you're in the lonely place, what is, what is Psalm, like Psalm 23, I reference it so much, but it says, for he leads me in the right path for his namesake. And then the next verse, it says, Though or yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So that means the path of righteousness is actually through the valley of the shadow of death. And God is leading me. God leads in lonely places. He leads through lonely places. And Jesus, the, he could have he had PTSD after a 40-day fast. <laughs> he could have been like, that was the worst time of my life. But get this, he loved it so much. He learned to love it so much that he constantly went and did it. Because God uses the lonely places. He can communicate to us in, in ways, and he can lead us in ways that no other season of life can give us. So if you're in the middle of a lonely place, that's actually a good thing. Because God's about to talk to you in a way that he can't talk to you in any other season. When you're on cloud nine and everything's good. He can't talk to you like he can in the lonely place. Because God leads in lonely places. He led Jesus in lonely places. Get this, to be tempted. God doesn't tempt. James is clear on that. And, and you might be like, what? That can't be right. No, it is right. Because that's called maturity. You don't get stronger without opposition. You don't. I see, I see Larry and Jim at the gym all the time. 
and I see them lifting weights all the time. And I'm constantly thinking, one day, I'm going to be like them. But they're not getting stronger without resistance. And they're, they lift weights to push themselves to get stronger. And I, I make this joke all the time, but I'm telling you, they're bionic. I played basketball for an hour Wednesday with some teammates of mine in college, and my knee is still swollen. I was feeling it today. I'm like, I can't even bend it all the way. Like, what? But you don't get stronger without resistance, and, and, and God uses lonely places. He leads us to lonely places for purpose. And so don't feel like you've done something wrong. <laughs> Maybe you did, but at the end of the day, God can use it. Don't focus on the bad. Focus on how good God is. Well, he's really hard to hear in the lonely place. He is. But he still leads in it, and he's still with you. Which leads, like, the second thought I want to give you. God opens doors through prayer in lonely places. God opens doors through prayer in lonely places. Jesus went and prayed for 40 days, and the Lord revealed how to launch his ministry. He went in there full of the Holy Spirit. He walked out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're wondering, where's the power? It's in the lonely place. Where's the power of God in my life? Pray in the lonely place. Praise in the lonely place. Because God is opening doors through the lonely place. We want to see the limitless power of God at work in our lives, in our church, in our community. It starts in the lonely place. It starts when you feel like no one understands what you're going through, but you give it to God consistently. Because God will open doors that no man can shut through prayer in lonely places. Those prayers, when you feel like you can't pray another sentence, carry weight in eternity. When you don't feel like praying, that's when you should be praying the most. I know that seems backwards and incompatible with maybe what you're going through, but keep praying because God is opening doors. You just can't see it because that wilderness is broad and, and dry. But let me tell you, God is opening doors through it. Then the, the third thought, I told you I'm going to bust through these. God never leaves us while we are in lonely places. You might be alone, but there is someone there with you. Like, I'm, I'm preaching it like I feel it for one. And whether you guys need this or not, I'm preaching to myself right now. Because quite frankly... I felt so alone for three months straight. And I've been surrounded with people who love me, who've checked on me. And I felt so alone. I woke up one day in October and I didn't feel the presence of God. And I thought, what happened? So I instantly started repenting. God surged me and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I got so used to him talking to me a certain way. And, and quite frankly... Um, I kept praying. <laughs> I kept telling my friends about what I'm going through. And, you know, they spoke wisdom to me. And I told Amy, 
She's actually one of my friends, too. <laughs> She's not a separate category. She's my best friend. And I kept praying. And I remember I was actually on the road that the Joneses are on. I was walking and praying in here. And I, I hadn't felt God. I was like, God. And I know we don't live life by emotions. I get that. But it was like, boom, where is he? Well, what I do? I went and read the scripture. I, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And so he, he didn't leave. He was there. He never left. He promised. And you're like, if there's a promise you can stand on, if there's a truth you can stand on, it's God. You could take it to the bank. And I remember saying, God, I don't know how to trust you more, but I want you to teach me. I need to know how to trust you more. I don't know how. And I met him right there on that row. He hit me so hard, I hit the ground and slid. I wasn't running. It was just walking. And, and I just laid there and wept in the presence of God. And he said, I'm here. And I never left you. But then I got up and came out of that. And I still didn't feel him. And that's when the Lord started stirring in my heart. You need to get alone and pray. And you guys probably remember my hiatus from preaching. Uh, There's a couple things. God, I felt like I didn't have anything to give. There's that. Then there was also, I didn't feel God. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. And I, I need to get alone and pray and concentrate on, my, on God and find him. It's not like he's playing hide and seek because he's not cruel because he's with me, but finally, I just, and honestly, he started speaking to me differently. I started having visions and dreams. I'm like, okay, i got to get used to this. And obviously, the word of God is the baseline for every form of communication. If it conflicts with the word of God, then it's not from God. But I, I spent more time in the word. I spent more time in prayer, and and out of that, I didn't feel God the same way. I kept thinking it's going to go back. And God's like, no, 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 no. You were in a box. And you grew to the point where you couldn't, get, you couldn't grow anymore there. So what you're feeling is birth pains. And he busted me out of this box. And that's what he's doing to our church. We're about to start experiencing God in ways that we have not seen. And it's because God is pulling us out of a box that we've, we've grown accustomed to. And if you guys start, you're going to start noticing that you're like, wait, I just had a vision. I just had a dream. God's going to start talking to you in new ways because God pulled us out of where we were. And now he's put us in a brand new box. But it's huge. And we're not used to it. So we got to learn how God talks. We take what we learned from the last box. We don't ditch it. We don't ignore it. We bring it with us to this new thing. It's part of our arsenal. But God is a limitless God. He's a limitless God. And he communicates to us in limitless ways. And so often I think we get so caught up on one way of communication that we cut ourselves short and God, and that's what he told me. He said, Ryan, I love you too much to get you stunted right where you're at. I want you to grow. Learn my voice in new ways. And from that, I was like, okay, I don't like it. 
because I have to learn. I'm from Arkansas. That's, oh, leave Arkansas alone. But in all of that, he never leaves us in the lonely place. I felt so alone. But he was the whole time saying, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm for you. And someone needs to hear that today. God's saying, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm for you. And he sees you. He sees your hurt. He sees your pain. He feels it. And he says, I'm here. Jesus never leaves us. God never leaves us. Never. Repeat with me. Never. Say it again. That was weak. God never leaves us. Period. Whether you're in the lonely place or not, God is with you. Period. God encounters us in the lonely place. As lonely as I felt in the last three months, I got to be honest, I encountered God more in the last three months. Because God encounters us in the lonely place. There is a section of scripture where Elijah goes out under a broom tree and he just prays that he dies. And the angel of the Lord, we know that when it says the angel of the Lord, that's a pre-incarnate Christ, shows up and says, Elijah, he, he prepared the mill and he sustained he encountered God under a broom tree. Elijah fell back asleep, wanted to die. Again, the angel showed up and said, Elijah, eat. The journey ahead is too strong for you. It's too rough for you. You won't survive it if you don't eat. And right now, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, eat in the lonely place. Because the journey ahead is too much for you if you don't eat what God has for you in the lonely place. Where, where did Elijah go? He went from a lonely place to a more lonely place. He's in the cave by himself on the mountain of God. And, and he goes out and he says, God, I'm the only one left. You know, you've abandoned me and all this stuff. And how did God respond? He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, go out and stand on the mouth of the cave. And so Elijah went out and he did it. And then there was this fire that scorched the ground, the wind that scorched the ground, an earthquake. And then it says, Elijah heard the sound of a gentle whisper. It doesn't even say God. He wasn't in any of that. God, God showed him his power, but it wasn't his presence. And, and, and we, we get so caught up on the, that gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit. Go read it. God was not in that gentle whisper. If you're waiting for a gentle whisper and you think that's how God communicates, you think God's really cruel. Because when you're in a lonely place, you have a hard time hearing. Imagine like a wind so strong that it scorched the ground. That would probably be deafening. On top of an earthquake, on top of a fire, and then God's like, I got instructions. Like, I do think that God, I think God yells at us more than anything. He uses pain to yell at us. He uses things to get our attention. Obviously, we have the written word. It can't get any more plain than that. If you're wondering, God hasn't spoke to me. When's the last time you opened your Bible? Um, that's numero uno, main way. And then 
I also think that God speaks to us clearly. Maybe it's a passing thought, but it's clear. It's not a whisper. It says Elijah heard the sound of a gentle whisper. It didn't say anything, though. It was more like, like, oh, okay. It says he covered his head and went out and stood. And then God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Clearly and precisely, because God encounters us in lonely places, but we have got to tune ourselves to hear it. That means we got to turn things off from this world. we got to turn sources off from this world. If you're listening to the news, turn that crap off. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm saying 99.9% is like the survivability rate of... Turn it off. Have you guys ever had a radio and you tuned it and it was picking up two signals? You had a rock station and a country station? Right? And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, then you start singing. Because they use this sky diving and it's like you go, going back and forth and you're like, well, which one do I sing to? I'm getting both songs and back in black doesn't go well with Tim McGraw and um, so you have to tune it a little better and, and, and so much of the time we're so polarized we don't have discernment to know what God's saying church moving forward the lonely place develops discernment we learn God's voice so much that when we do hear the world we say no that's not from God. If it speaks death, it's not from God. If it does not speak life, it's not from God. If it causes anxiety, depression, oh gosh, lust, it's not from God. But sometimes, if it's wisdom of the world, it's not from God. Well, it's wise to do this. Well, yeah, you can walk in the wisdom of the world and you'll look... You'll, you'll, You'll look smart to all your friends, but you'll never see the power of God at work in your life because God's wisdom does not look like this world's wisdom. And the, the, the lonely place gives us this opportunity to encounter God like no other place, to learn his voice like no other time. So embrace it. The, and the next thing is God loves us through the lonely place. I love that Matthew, in his gospel, it says, after the devil left, that the Lord sent angels to minister to Jesus in the lonely place. He wasn't even out of the desert yet, but God saw him in the midst of it, and he says, I love you. I love you. I see you. I'm not left you. I'm with you. I God loves us. Enough to allow us to enter lonely places so we see his love even more. I didn't know how deep God's love was until my mom passed away. I got to be honest. I, like, I could quote the scripture all day long, how vast, how wide, how deep, you know, like... The love of God is for us. So that's great Sunday school head knowledge. 
But the lonely place, when we embrace it, it allows head knowledge to take about a 12-inch journey from our head to our heart. And suddenly, we realize that this is not just a verse. This is life. God really does. Like, I knew God really loved me. But then I actually experienced it tangibly. I don't know how else to say it. Like, there are moments in life I experienced it before, but, like, consistently knowing a father is holding me. The lonely place does that. Because God loves you. He walks up enough. Man, if you go read Elijah's encounter in the mountain of God, Elijah's given God the riot act and God's voice in response is, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then he says, then he says, before that, Elijah's wanting to die and he's like, I'm going to feed him because God loves us through the lonely place. Jesus being tempted to turn stone to bread, being tempted like, like Jesus was the most tempted man that ever walked the face of the earth. It says, the Satan left him? Like, I promise you this, none of us are important enough for Satan himself to come tempt us. Just FYI. But Satan cleared his schedule for 33 and a half years to tempt Jesus. And it says, Satan left him until the next opportune moment. Like, so there was another time. But in the midst of all that, it says, the Lord sent an angel because God saw Jesus. And I'm like, I'm going to take care of him in the wilderness. And the last thing I want to leave you with is uh, God's yoke is revealed in lonely places. And there's a scripture that says, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And we, I personally have mistaught that my whole life. I've always taught it in the lens of an animal yoked together with like a yoke of oxen. <clears throat> and that's probably how most of you have heard it, right? But then it's kind of cool when this is what FYI life groups, life groups plug into a life group. Because I learned something in a life group this last session. Um, this pastor that we, we were sitting through, um, he interviewed a rabbi and looking at it from a Jewish cultural perspective 2,000 years ago, a yoke was the teachings of a rabbi. So when you, like the disciples set under Jesus, that was their teacher, they took his yoke upon them. Uh, Paul set under this guy named Gamillion. I might have just butchered his name, but it was something to that effect. And Gamillion was a rabbi of rabbis. He was the teacher of Israel. He was the top, it was like going to Harvard Law School. That's what Paul set under. And he took that yoke upon you. But the problem is with the rabbi's yoke um, is it's really heavy. 
don't do this, don't do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Wash your hands at this angle. Like, I mean, I mean, like, don't do this. It was very heavy. And to the point where Jesus said, listen to what they teach, but don't do what they do because they can't even follow their own teachings. It was that heavy. And, and the yoke that, that Jesus was talking about wasn't a yoke of oxen. He was saying, come to me if you've been beaten down with religion and legalism and you've been trying to earn your way to heaven, trying to get, and that's weary. Man, have you, you guys have ever been in a legalistic church? Not this one, obviously, but um, I say that sarcastically. Every church has probably been legalistic at some point, and we probably still are. We don't even realize it. But we, we take and... We, we make these do's and don'ts, and, and, and it's instead, of, instead of them pushing us towards Jesus, they push us to our own effort. And the Bible is very clear. We are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from ourselves. It's a free gift from God, but anything we add to our salvation is, and, and, and we say, oh, well, I should do this. This would make it better. And then we, we start adding something to say, um, God, I know your cross is great, but I think if I do this, you might love me a little more. And that's just idiocracy. And there's this, I heard this once, and it says, when, when the tools of discipleship, Bible reading, prayer, um, gathering together with the saints, devotion, fasting, when those tools of discipleship that are designed to help us walk with God become the rules of discipleship, when instead of I get to, I have to, suddenly it's no longer discipleship. It's no longer discipleship, and it actually quits fostering growth to God. It halts it. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who are battered, weary, and heavy laden, and, and, and I will give you rest. Like there's rest in following the teachings of Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you. My, my, take my teachings upon you, for, for my teachings are easy and that burden is light. It's not hard to be a Christian. It's not complicated to be a Christian. It, if, if, you're, if you're weary in your Christian walk, you're doing it wrong. Like there are things from the world that make you weary, but if you're weary in your relationship with God, like I got to do more or whatever. No, no, you don't. Just chill out. God sees you. And God's yoke in the lonely places, real, his teachings are revealed if we let him teach us. If we let him. And I believe that this is a year where God's going to teach us how to walk in power and authority. And it's not going to be how we expect. It's not going to be a thunderclap from heaven. Like, I'm not saying God can't do that. He does do that. Earlier, it was torrentially downpouring before church and before any of you guys got here. And I walked out, in the, and I knew my wife was coming, and, and I knew all the wives on the staff were coming, this, and, 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 and Terry was coming. And so, like, but normally we get, they get there early before everyone else. And so I, I walked out there and put my hands up, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I pray this rain stops before anyone else gets here. By golly, it did. God still does crazy things. I just didn't want my wife or Ashley or Jesse to get wet. 
or Terry to get wet. I, 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 I do love you guys too. But I, I, God is going to do something so amazing. And I, I think the lonely place affords us to see his limitless power to open our eyes to how he wants to reveal it. So honestly, how I want to close today is every one of us has gone through a lonely place. Every one of us has experienced a lonely place. Maybe we're in the middle of a lonely place and we feel so beaten and so, so desolate. There is a song that I asked Andy to sing and I want us to get up and declare. It's a declaration. It's a declaration and, and, and it says, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. If you're in the midst of a lonely place, you need to speak Jesus. We, we, we had this opportunity in February, not only to jump in a life group, but we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to see God do miracles. I was thinking about this. I'm still praying about it, but I'm like, God, I, I can scratch the debt of the church off what I want us to pray corporately. What do you want us to pray for? And I, I think that there is this, for me, the first is for us to be willing to be used by God. Next, to embrace these desolate places and let God work through us. And the third is for God's power to, Jesus walked in full of the Holy Spirit. I have no doubt every one of us is full of the Holy Spirit, but he walked out of the lonely place full of the Holy Spirit's power. And that's what I want to see the church. Signs and wonders are supposed to be regular. We have authority over anxiety. We have authority over depression. We have authority. And, and, and sometimes it takes lingering in prayer. Jesus prayed for 40 days before he got comfort. A supernatural fast happened. You can't even live that long without food or water. But God sustained him because God was with them. And, and so today, I don't know what your lonely place is. I don't know if it's just something that's happened to you that subjected you to that. Whatever it is, maybe you're like, man, life is good, Pastor Ryan. I'm, 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 yeah. Well, speak Jesus anyways. But let this be our declaration launching into, if you want to see the limitless power of God, limitless faith, limitless provision, limitless period, let's declare Jesus. Let's stand. Here at C1, we celebrate Jesus. We live in community. We share our story. We make a difference. And God's going to make a difference through your lonely place. He's going to make a difference through um, this season, he's going to make a difference. God, wait, uh, th through what he's doing, he wastes nothing. So let's stand and let's sing this together. Let's declare it. And I'm going to come back up and pray over you. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence I seek Jesus I just want to speak And I just want to speak the name of Jesus
Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Cause your name Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn Cause your name, cause your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Want to speak, and I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus because you know. Fire. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Shout Jesus from the mountains. And Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. Jesus, shout Jesus, oh, shout Jesus from the mountains, and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Cause your name, cause your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, 
shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let's let's give Jesus some praise. Let's do it. Let's just call upon him. Let's call upon him. He just said that he's going to hear us. someone in this section that needs healing physically in their body like I don't know what it is you haven't told a lot of people and you don't have to proclaim it but I I would like for you to step out in faith and we're going to declare Jesus over you I'm I'm putting the ball in your court I, I don't know who it is but if you need physical healing and you sit in this area right there, step out.
pain? Did you have pain when you walked up here? He did. No pain. God healed you, John. He did. Praise God. Let's give it up for Jesus. Let's give it up for Jesus. Praise God. And you're going to keep getting better. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing right now. Lord, you see? We don't know. But Lord, you know. We speak healing over this esophagus, over the stomach, over everything. And we command healing. No more pain right now. Lord, I I look forward to the testimony that he can eat pain-free. No more problems. Lord, I speak healing right now. Stomach, you are violating this temple. Pain, you are violating this temple. I command you to function as you should in the name of Jesus. Amen. up with one thought in my head. I woke up with one thought in my head this morning and I think someone needs to hear it. You know like when you have those random thoughts and you're like, why am I thinking that? Why am I thinking that? And, and I, so when I, when I have those random thoughts unless it's like a cheeseburger or something I pay attention to it. And, and this one thought and someone, I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt because when I was praying The Lord told it to me again. Someone needs to hear this because you're feeling pressure from outside sources and and it's making you second guess. It's, it's, It's making you second guess the decision that you need to make. And this is it. This is that thought. And you need to take it, you need to own it, and you need to say, this is my motto for the, my, this year and the years to come. Though, so just, let's just say it corporately, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but someone needs to get this. It doesn't matter if no one goes with you. You follow what God's leading you to do. And you have people in your life, like they aren't speaking life over you. And you're saying, they're saying, well, that's a dumb decision. Why would you do that? Why, why would you step out like that? That doesn't make sense. You're leaving secure. Whatever that is, you need to stand firm like a tree planted by water with your anchor in the hope of Jesus Christ and say, though none go with me, still I will follow. And it doesn't matter what they say. They're not held accountable before God for your life. Hmm.
just going to do something I've never done here, but who needs prayer in this section? Just raise your hand. Okay. Who needs prayer in this section? Two right there. Who needs prayer in this section? Okay. I'm not going to pray for you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in every one of us. My prayers don't carry any more weight than yours. I'm going to empower the church of the living God to be the church of the living God. You step out. You pray. It was Miss Brenda. It was the Joneses. Who, who was over here? It was Sherry. Pray with your section. Ask ask what's going on what can I pray with you about and you speak in faith and God I'm telling you God's going to move God is going to move God is going to move as the church steps I'm not praying I'm going to pray in general but I'm like now go go raise your hand again so people can see if they weren't turning around Pray, pray. It was these two right here. They said they need a prayer. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the street. Jesus in the darkness over every Jesus for my family, I speak the whole name Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Mm. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Cause I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus God hasn't forgot about you guys he hasn't forgot about you guys. I really feel like I need to speak life over this section. 
or there's been thoughts of death, or there's been depression, or there's been um, straight up suicidal thoughts, where there's been anxiety, where there's been, oh Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak life, I speak joy, I speak, I speak new life into this section right now. Lord, I speak redemption. Lord, you are a God that redeems right now. Lord, the, the people who feel that they are damaged and broken goods, I rebuke that mindset right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for a renewed mind to just grab a hold right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're not searching for a prize. Jesus is the prize. Church, you're forgiven. Some of us need to just lay down that guilt. 
I don't know what that guilt is, but you're forgiven. It's, it's done. It's done. It's over. I know it's like carrying guilt from past mistakes years ago. And you, when you're alone, you beg God, like, God, forgive me, forgive me. You're so ashamed of that. You're forgiven. It's done and over with. You can't carry that moving forward. What's in front of you is so much greater than what's behind you. God has an amazing, powerful acts through you. The book in the Bible called Acts, but it's abbreviated. It's called Acts of the Apostles because it's the power of God working through people. And maybe one day we'll write a book that says Acts of C1 because of what God wants to do through you, a limitless God. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence. That God of all power, limitless in every way imaginable, chose to step into a finite time and space to speak life. To say, I love you. Listen to me. I'm here for you. I see you. Lord, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by your presence. And Lord, I ask that you search me. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, and I thank you for what you're going to do this year. I thank you for what you're going to do through this year. I thank you for what you're going to do through your church. I thank you for what you're going to do online this year. We're going to reach more people than we could ever imagine online this year. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're going to see people far from you become near to you to reach people far from you. I thank you, Father. And I thank you for for those who you're going to send out to reach people far from you. I thank you that you're going to walk with us in lonely places. I thank you that you use lonely places. And I pray that, that you will help us embrace them with a warm hug and say, good, I'm going to learn Jesus. Lord, I speak life over your church, that you bless them and keep them. Make your face shine on them and be gracious to them. Lord, turn your countenance towards them and may they have peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Church, that's called church. I love you guys.